0: Hey, thanks for listening to the Cavino and Rich podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 5 to 7 Eastern, 2 to 4 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio.
1: Find your local station for Cavino and Rich at FoxSportsRadio.com or stream us live every day on the
3: iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. All right, we brought our own Rich to the party. Yes, we did. Yes, we are rich with riches here at Fox Sports Radio. <laughs> Instead of Cavino, I'll be Danino. If you want, uh, we are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over ten thousand recommended installers. TireRack.com—the way tire buying should be. And if I am going to do it in real Cavino and Rich fashion, Rich. I got to do the roll call. Jason Stewart, our executive producer, is here. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Ramos on the ones and twos. Hola, America. And Isaac Lowencron is at the news desk, bringing us all of the latest
4: salutations. Dan, Eno and Rich.
3: Let's rock this bad boy. I thought. I thought my my NBA mind, my sports talk radio mind said, all right, look, Damian Lillard's agent. Uh, Damian Lillard's agent spoke and said, hey, we only want to go to Miami. You're going to get an unhappy player. And I thought to myself, you know, yesterday we didn't talk Dame. Let's talk Dame today. And about 45 minutes or so ago, I got on a call with one uh, Rich Orenberger. And uh, I think it was pretty apparent where we needed to lead this bad boy off, Rich.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Listen, um, free Britney has taken on a completely <laughs> new connotation. Um, yeah, before it was the um, what was it called again? Where the her parent, her guardian, was in control of her assets. Conser- it was like a conservative, or conserv- yeah, con- con- conservatorship, yeah. Uh, Well, now, I I, I don't know. Nobody really knows exactly how the exchange went with Britney Spears and Weminyama, the first overall pick with the San Antonio Spurs. But it resulted in Britney getting slapped. At least uh, what she's alleging in the incident. So, my goodness. I mean, hasn't she been through enough? I, I can Can we just let this 90s pop sensation just live her life without just, I mean, literally and figuratively being slapped? Uh, it just, it, it, I, I don't, I don't, free Britney. The gr- free
3: Britney. The greatest part about this, and, and both Rich and I agree, was the line in the TMZ story. <laughs> the explanation was, well, Brittany's a huge fan of Victor Wembanyama." Like, like, what? Like, in what universe do you think that is an actual factual sentence? That Brittany is sitting at home. She's got her freedom. She's done doing crazy TikToks. And she's like, all right. Uh, Wemby's playing over in France. Let's go check it out on the old, you know, boob tube. I don't think that that was happening, but that was the explanation of why she went over to try to get a picture of Victor Wembanyama and then got the Heisman from uh, the security guard. This is, it's a crazy situation. If Isaac Longcron is available, I, I would love to just get the updated. Status of where everything is, Isaac, right now yeah. with this meeting with police that right. was supposed to happen. What do we all know that went down between the future of the NBA and the uh, the the I guess past of pop music? What do we got going on in Vegas? Hey. You might think she's the past of pop music. I, I know. it's a, God, that was an awful thing to say. It was. <laughs> it was. Present just didn't uh, fit, though.
5: Sh- <laughs> yeah, right. maybe to some, Dan. <laughs> true. <laughs> true. Isaac Very still true. has his candle lit.
4: Darn right. Darn right. So, uh, the latest is, again, this is according, all according to TMZ, is that uh, Britney was scheduled to personally meet with investigators from the Las Vegas Police Department today. Now, TMZ also spoke with a purported witness of the incident named Brian Grajales. And here is what Mr. Grajales had to say.
6: A fan who, afterwards, we found out was Britney Spears, was uh, approaching him with a British accent uh, saying, excuse me, sir, excuse me, sir trying to get his attention for possibly a picture. Started to put her hand on his uh, back shoulder or his back. And then that's when uh, the bodyguard just turned around, uh, slapped her across the face and knocked off her sunglasses.
4: And Grahalis fellas added that that after the incident, Spears could be heard exclaiming, and I quote, this is bleeping America, unquote. On the 5th of July with a British accent, this is bleeping America.
5: (laughs) This is... all right. Well, th- th- this is—I don't, th- don't even know what to do with this now.
3: <laughs> I, 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 I have got to say this. Like, yeah, the this is the mind of a celebrity. Yeah, that 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 in her mind, she's Britney Spears, right? Who wouldn't want to talk to Britney Spears? Is probably what she's thinking. A phrase that we have brought back to the forefront on this uh, on this network, thanks to Jason Stewart carte blanche okay and i like to say it like that carte blanche carte blanche like britney spears thinks that she has carte blanche when it comes to anything in this world pretty much right sure she could go up to Victor Wembanyama and Victor Wembanyama is going to turn around and be like oh it's Britney Spears of course i'm going to say hello and then they're going to do a you know like a photo op and it's going to be cool like they knew each other for like 5 or 6 years and that's what's going on in her mind but instead Victor Wembanyama who has yet to play one game he yet to play a game that doesn't even count to the NBA. I mean tomorrow's tomorrow's game who even cares? It's Summer League. He hasn't even played that game yet and he gets this baptism into what his future life is like by a pop icon. Like it, it is so in the British accent I, that was news to me. I, I just found that out. That, that doesn't, even make, doesn't even make sense. <laughs>
5: you know? Like, you know I, mean, Liz, I, I consider myself, like, a little bit nuts because I think you have to be to play football in the first place. Like, I remember there was a point in my young life playing football where I had, I had a coach <clears throat> who said to me, he was like, look, you can't close your eyes when there's contact. And I was like, well, I can't help it. He was like, well, you got you to train yourself out of that habit. I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, to every other kid advice like that you would say yeah, yeah yeah i'll do it and then you just ignore that advice but to me i took it to heart i'm like i gotta hit people with my eyes open so i literally practiced hitting myself in the face with various objects to keep my eyes open through contact which is nearly impossible by the way but what it does is it starts to rewire your brain to not flinch when contact is coming. And so it helped me. It actually did help me. Like, I remember feeling a noticeable difference after a week of doing this. Now, just imagine from an outsider's perspective, watching, I don't know, maybe an eighth grader at the time, swinging like like a foam bat at his own face in his backyard. Like, if you're one of our neighbors, you're like, yeah, the Orenberger kid's not right. <laughs> I mean, he's just – he's not – that guy is sixes and sevens. He is off the rails. <laughs> um, you know, I, and and that's okay because, you know what? It, what was happening was and, – and unbeknownst to the neighborhood was a budding NFL career. Um, I remember I had a coach who said – because I was complaining about jamming my fingers – and he said, and he was being not literal when he said this, you got you to gotta deaden your hands. You got to make it so you don't feel anything. You got to punch trees in your backyard or something. You got you to make sure that a- any contact with your hands doesn't hurt you. It hurts your opponent. So I went into my backyard and I literally started punching trees. <laughs> a lot happened in that yard. The point I'm trying to make is I think I can speak freely when I say this. I'm a little crazy, And I can spot it when I see it. So is Brittany. (laughs) There's a little bit of crazy to Brittany. I I mean, the Instagram posts, the the forwardness of asking Victor Weminyama and even making physical contact with a perfect stranger speaking in an accent that isn't your own. Or, Or his or his for that <laughs> matter. <laughs> yeah, like I mean it wasn't even like she was trying to ingratiate him yes. herself by speaking in a French accent. Like she was just I don't know, maybe she was thinking well, I, what, was France and England they the, they both do they both do the euro still. I'm not sure. Look, the deal I I it's it's bizarre. This story is positively bizarre. But one thing I do know about Britney Spears and I think we all know this about Britney Spears. She has always been a huge French basketball fan. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> as long as I can remember. Yes. I mean, throughout there, there, the, the JT and Brittany days, like I remember her talking a lot about National League French basketball. Like she's always been a big fan. So there were a, a lot of Easter eggs, you know, <laughs> like you know
3: Tony Parker references and some of these songs that people you know never caught back in the day. Well, right. now they know. Right. No, yeah. Now, now it all there. makes sense.
5: The tie-ins were there the
3: whole she time. She does have some fight and tree in her. I, that is for sure. That that is absolutely the case. Yeah,
5: there's a little bit of hitting herself with foam bat in the backyard. I like There's, there's a lot you can say about Britney Spears over the course of the whole career, and, and most of it positive. But recently, since the conservatorship has been taken off and, and it feels like the reins have been released, there's been some questionable moments publicly, I think we could all agree, and this kind of falls in line. Now, do I think that's a reasonable excuse for anybody to be slapped by a security guard? Good. Probably not. I think she, I think she could have just been restrained, and maybe that would have been all the force needed. Um, but I, I wasn't there, so I don't know exactly what all this looked like. I, I know who was there,
3: Victor Wembanyama, yeah, and he spoke with the media within the last 30 minutes or so from Vegas Summer League. Uh, here's what the Spurs rookie had to say about what went down last night.
2: Something did happen a little bit when uh, I was walking with the, with some security of the, the team to, the, to, to some restaurant. We were in a hall. There was a, a lot of people, so people calling me, obviously. And there was one person, one person who was uh, who was calling me, but uh, we talked before. With the security, don't stop because it's gonna make it's gonna make a, a crowd. So I, I couldn't stop. So that person was calling me, sir, sir. And that person grabbed me from behind. I didn't see I didn't see what happened because I was walking straight, and we told don't stop. But that person grabbed me from behind, not on my shoulder. She grabbed me from behind, and uh, so I, I just know that the security pushed her away. I don't know with how with how much force though, but uh, security pushed her away. I didn't stop for, to look, so I kept walking and uh, enjoyed a nice dinner. <laughs> I didn't know for a couple hours, but when we, when uh, when I came back to the hotel, I thought it was no big deal. And the, the security of this person did was a big deal, so it was first. I was like, uh, no, you're, you're joking, but, but yeah, turns turns out it was a big deal, you know. I didn't, I didn't see her never saw her face. I kept I just kept one who's great and like,
5: that's it. <laughs> I can't help it. Well okay, so I I mean this is one of those things where I'm sure I'm sure the way Victor Wembanyama felt about this, and this has probably been like zero to 60 for him, Uh, life's probably moving pretty fast after getting drafted to the NBA and becoming an overnight multi-multi-millionaire and signing big endorsement deals and the the alike. But I'm pretty sure... Over the last month, maybe couple months, he's been in situations where he's had to be ushered places relatively quickly because he's also a seven-footer and, and very ostentatious in build. And so... I bet you he's a little bit used to this, where it's like, okay, you know, there was some autograph seekers, somebody got a little too uh, uh, overly uh, zealous, and and had to be taken care of, no big deal, but because it's Britney Spears, it's going to be a very public charade, I I almost... I don't know who to feel sorry for here in this situation. I, I guess right now I'm leaning to feel sorry for Victor Weminyama. Yes. But, you know, I, 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 hope, I hope that she's all right. First of all, if she was physically accosted in any way, deservingly so or not, um, and uh, I, I hope that this doesn't serve as any sort of distraction for him as he starts his nba career because that would be really unfortunate if that's how what, know, what this a started. wake
3: up call what an absolute wake up call and and i'll tell you i i empathize with everything that she has gone through in her life i know that there were some serious yeah, you know well, it, emotional it and, easy, and mental yeah. problems yes but there is also the point of you know thinking that here's here's a 19 year old kid who is obviously the apple of of everyone's eye right now in the world of sports and her not understanding that maybe maybe she didn't resonate and who it was. I'm sure maybe the celebrity factor came into it. But the security guard was actually doing his job. I I don't think that he maliciously – Struck her I, from from all of the explanations that I've heard. It seems like he was doing his job in protecting Wembenyama, and she just happened to be the casualty of it. Now she may have a different story, but I think that the security guard was doing what you are supposed to do, and that's protect the guy. I mean, you even heard Wembenyama say he just told me to keep walking, even though we heard someone yelling my name. We didn't want to cause a scene. Like that's all a part of you know a a part of being that security guard so so i think that so i think that he's you know he's the guy that actually did his job and is now you know caught up into this isaac's got a got an update on on britney's uh, situation
4: yeah Dan her husband Sam asgari who reportedly witnessed this incident just posted on Instagram quote the violent behavior of an out-of-control security guard should not cast a shadow on the accomplishment of a great young man on the rise like Victor wembanyama the blame should fall on the coward who did this the people who hired him without proper vetting and a systemic culture of disregard for women I can't imagine a scenario where an unarmed female Female fan showing any kind of appreciation or excitement for a celebrity would cause her to be physically assaulted, much less being hit in the face for tapping someone on the shoulder, unquote. Again, that from Spears' husband, Sam Asgari, on Instagram.
3: That was uh, 180 degrees from what I just said. (laughs) They did not believe any of that. They have their own tales of the story. This is, yeah, uh, it's going to distract, or at least be an issue for these next couple of weeks or these next couple of days, it's quite a way for Victor, Victor (laughs) Weminyama to be welcomed into the NBA.
5: Yeah. I mean, like literally a week ago, he was talking about breakfast tacos in San Antonio and everybody was giving him the, uh, the tongue bath. It was a love fest. And now it's, Hey, welcome to the U S kid. Here is one of our prized, Pop star possessions here that we hold near and dear to this country and your security guard just stiff-armed her and america right to the face how about this
3: on january 3rd of 2004 britney spears in las vegas married her high school childhood friend and it was annulled 55 hours later but it was on january 3rd of 2004 you want to know what happened the next day What's that? Victor Wimbanyama was born.
5: Dude, and then uh, you think about it, like, it seems like she's got a history of making some pretty good decisions in Vegas. So,
3: like, he's Rich Ornberger. Get him (laughs) on Twitter at Ornberger. Where can they get you on threads? Oh, my gosh, at Rich Ornberger on threads. Find me on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. (laughs) And find me on threads at Byergrams because that's what's connected to my Instagram.
1: Hey, thanks for listening to the best of Cavino and Rich podcast. Be sure to catch us live every day from 5 to 7
0: p.m. Eastern, 2 to 4 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Cavino and Rich at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Cavino and Rich here, and whether you're headed to a campus to see some college baseball, meet up with old friends, or show off the alma mater to your kids...
1: Nutrafol.com, spelled N U T R A F O L, dot com, promo code C R SHOW. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code C R SHOW.
7: I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico.
3: Yes, back at it. Another hour of fun as we are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Uh, Life's pretty miserable if you're the manager of the Washington Nationals. But you cannot make it worse by... uh, Testing the uh, strength of one Ellie De La Cruz. We'll get to that coming up in about 30 minutes. Plus, an end of an era that I don't think many people realize – Is actually coming to an end will it be an end of an era in new england sooner rather than later that is the question rich orenberger that i pose to you because as we get closer and closer to nfl training camps opening there are still storylines that are popping out there there's issues going on in buffalo josh allen spoke on it with the busting with the boys the other day mike florio of pro football talk brought this one up with new england just speculating florio uh, doing his own uh, think tank saying you know Bob Kraft sitting there talking about number seven and winning number Super Bowl number seven for the franchise. Bill Belichick this offseason at one point was questioned uh, of why fans should have should have hope and promise for the upcoming year, and he said, "Well, what about you know the last twenty five years should have helped out?" Uh, but then clarified and said, "You know he's looking ahead and moving on." Is this? I I, I give credit to to Florio for identifying maybe the verbiage of Belichick and Bob Kraft coming from different angles and maybe going in different places. But you were a guy we just heard in the opening, spent some time in, in New England. Is there any cause for concern uh, with the Patriots and maybe for the length of stay for Bill Belichick as we, uh, we enter the 2023 season in New England?
5: During my time in New England, the three years that I played there from the year I was drafted until the year I was released – I noticed one thing that really I didn't I didn't have the same feeling or uh, I didn't I didn't I didn't really have the same resolve with any of the other organizations I played with or had access to along you know my my time as a free uh-huh. agent in the NFL etc. Like the the United Front that Bill Belichick and and Robert Kraft were. I mean, he truly seeded all control to Bill Belichick. Like, it was his team to run for good or for bad, for mostly good, let's be honest. And I think Tom Brady obviously helped a lot of that good. Uh, When we do the autopsy on what will be Bill and Tom's career, separate from each other and together, I think there's no doubting that without one another, they wouldn't be who they were. And I think they're both very capable of admitting as much. But when, when I look at what's been left since Tom moved on from New England, it, there's some doubt. There's some doubt that Bill is going to be able to do what he did with Tom with Mac. He's not, I, I, I don't, I don't think it's possible. I'd I be just because Tom Brady is, is a one of one. I, I mean, who, who is more clutch than Tom Brady in sport, let alone in football. I, I mean, it's just, yeah. you can't recreate that. So, I I don't want to say that there's necessarily signs that the doubt is creeping to the executive level because I I'm I don't I don't read anything into some of what we've heard on the outside but there's no doubt in my mind that if they don't start winning consistently again that that there's going to be a conversation where it's like hey you know Bill when when do you want to call it quits here Because you're going to be in your 70s if he isn't already. And there's no way that Robert Kraft would feel comfortable firing him. But if it doesn't get good again soon, with the expectations of this fan base... I, I mean, that's, that's what this is. This is a business, and it's a business of wins. And coaches ultimately are judged by their wins. And they had that ugly exit with Mac Jones in the postseason his rookie year. Uh, they had a poor season last season. And so if it's followed up with another poor season or anything other than a playoff berth, I mean, the questions are going to start being asked.
3: Because he's got the, you know, the, the say on personnel decisions. Do you think that would change anything? You know they, they've. I mean, they've lost a lot of guys throughout the years too. I mean, even most recently, you know, Casario ends up going to Houston. Dave Ziegler's now in in Las Vegas with the Raiders. Um, they've always lost people. It, it seems like. But do you think like if you took if you took that off the plate, does that just remove Belichick at all, or do you think that could revive them? Um, you know, he's done it so well for so long, but. You know, I think a change has to be made at some point. And the guy's 30 wins away from tying Don Shula, 31 wins from breaking the mark for most regular season victories of, you know, any head coach in NFL history. But if you then do the math on that, you got to win 10 for the next three years. Yeah. And yeah. and so, and I think that's, that was, you know, one of the things Florio pointed out was I think, you know, Robert Kraft would like Belichick to break that record and do it while you're the head coach of the New England Patriots. But do you have the patience if things aren't going well? And I'm just wondering if some of those personnel decisions, if they were taken off of his plate, do you think that would make any difference at all?
5: Well, two two responses. One, I don't think he would do the job if he couldn't do it the way he wanted to. I gotcha. think there would be a major caveat in, in, like in, in any conversation about Bill seating control to anybody else and it would be that ultimately he has final say that no decision can, could essentially be made unless unless he gets to redline it if he doesn't love it you know i i could potentially see him elevating somebody if he was given the the grace to do so if he was if this wasn't something imposed on him but this was something quietly requested on of him to elevate somebody into more of a player personnel role, more of a general manager role, um, and maybe even be given an official title. If there's one thing in New England that's so unique from any other place that I played or any other place in the NFL is the fact that they don't really, they're, they don't really give the classic job titles. Like Billy O'Brien was, was our acting offensive coordinator my entire time in New England, but he wasn't referred to that way in our game program. I forget what they listed him as, a quarterbacks coach or something like that, but we, I don't even think we had an offensive coordinator in our game program. <laughs> It was just weird. It was just, and I I think there's a a certain tendency um, for maybe the media to to slosh a lot of responsibility onto assisting coaches. um, And maybe that's Bill Belichick's way of avoiding that. You know, for him to ultimately be the person who gets blamed the most for wins or losses or, or, you know, gets the greeted with the praise for wins, but also gets blamed when the losses do come in. Um, so maybe it's a little bit of a protective thing that he does. Um, maybe it's an ego thing. I, I don't know him all that well, but the one thing I do know about Bill Belichick is everything. Everything is specifically strategized. There is nothing that he does by accident there isn't an hour wasted in his day there isn't a day wasted in his month there isn't a month wasted in his year that's just the way he operates so everything he does has a reason I think it would be very difficult for him to share that responsibility but maybe I mean it's it's a possibility but it would have to be something that he would be he would have to have ultimate say I think for the Patriots for for him to stay working as a head coach with the Patriots
3: Yeah, it's tough. It's just tough to blame the GM when he's the GM. Yeah, he's basically making the decisions as well. So there's nowhere to turn. I do want to play this clip. This was Albert Brewer of the MMQB earlier today on Fox Sports Radio on Two Pros and a Cup of Joe. This is what he had to say about the relationship in New England between Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick.
8: I don't think we would ever hear that Bill Belichick was fired. Like, I don't think Robert Kraft has it in him to do what Jerry Jones did to Jimmy Johnson in 1994. I think, you know, Robert Kraft is going to want any separation um, with Bill to be amicable and you can see it in the way that Kraft handled the breakup with Brady yeah. he was so concerned over how that was how that looked you know and he wanted to make sure that it didn't look like they were kicking Tom out the door I think in the case of Belichick like, I, I, my, my guess would be, if he did feel it was time to move on, he would probably exhaust every avenue to try to make the split look amicable. And there's a chance, like in a situation like that, that Bill would say no and say, just fire me if you're going to fire me. Um, but it's hard for me to envision a scenario where, where, where Kraft would just outright fire. By the way, guys, that I do think that he has his next guy lined up in Gerard Mayo. Hmm
3: interesting
5: yeah and I will say this I played with Gerard my three years in New England and he was a coach on the field at that point in his career he was young he was only I believe a second year player when I got there and he was the captain of that defense and it was very clear that he had a deep understanding of what the Patriots way meant um what the what the offense was doing to the defense, what the defense was aligning to do to the offense. He was a trusted confidant um, early in his career of Bill Belichick to get to get a, a temperature on the locker room. I mean I mean he's been groomed to be a coach in this league from the moment he walked through the doors in New England and he's been a lifer there. Gerard Mayo would make an excellent head coach at any level for any organization, but I do agree with that assessment from Breer. I think the only place that Robert Kraft would want to see that happen is in New England. But we've seen this before. <clears throat> we've heard the we've heard the same thing about Josh McDaniels. You know, we've we've heard about the heir apparent that he was in New England, and even when he left the Colts at the the, the altar, when when they they sent. And he left it there on the tarmac in Foxborough and and did an about face on the final interview to to go to the press conference and accept this contract in Indianapolis. I mean, we all thought that was because a head coaching gig was promised in New England and Bill would be stepping down soon. At least that was the speculation. It did not happen. He's moved on to Las Vegas. And so we've heard this before and it is not uncommon for coaches in football, head coaches especially, to coach deep into their 70s. And that could be the situation with Bill Belichick. Because if you want to talk about a lifer, that guy might die with a whistle in his mouth. I I mean, he loves it. He lives for it. He breathes it. It's everything to him. He has his kid working for him. I mean, that's, that's his life's ambition. His avocation is his vocation. So... I, I, I think I think everything you heard from that clip is 100 percent correct. If Kraft wanted him out, he would have to find a way to get Bill to agree that it is time and he could make it look like it's Bill's idea and a retirement. And there's a lot of pomp and circumstance around it. Outside of that, I, I, I don't see Bill quitting this job.
3: I just I I do the math on this all-time wins thing and if you go nine and eight the next three seasons I don't think that's what Bob Kraft wants but then you are still three wins short of Don Shula and do you you know do you let your head coach do you even do you even allow it to get to that third season you know are two nine and eight seasons not good enough and let Bill you know make that decision for you a lot of a lot of scenarios to play out in New England, but uh, you know it is an interesting topic of, of conversation. And even though there's there's not no news to back this up, at least it's on the minds of some. There was news with Josh Allen. You talk about being the same page and one mouthpiece. It did not seem that Josh Allen and Sean McDermott were on the same page, considering Josh Allen told "Bustin' with the Boys" that it was Sean McDermott that sent Stephon Diggs home last month from mandatory minicamp, which was something we did not hear from the Bills' head coach. Is there? Do you have any issue with how? that went down and now josh allen speaking out saying yeah it's not a big deal but also revealing information that we had not known before
5: well here here's the problem with what josh allen is doing on this um this media tour that has now extended from otas into the off season he is making it sound it's gaslighting he's making everybody else feel like they're crazy Oh, you, it, you guys are the problem. It's the media. Everything's hunky-dory over here in Buffalo. Stefan, me, Sean McDermott, we're best buds. Always have been. I love him. He's my guy. Like, that's what he's trying to pitch to us. Meanwhile, Stefan Diggs showed up. I mean, if we're going to rehash events and do it briefly, showed up to OTAs and then left. He was the only player not on the field accounted for during a practice for the opening of mandatory offseason training activities for the buffalo bills when asked about his absence sean mcdermott said he was very concerned about it and then afterward josh allen alluded to how things are being worked on and it's not a big deal when somebody says it's not a big deal it's a big deal that's first of all that is the first clue second of all if it's our fault if it's the media who's overblowing it, why are we getting more and more of this story trickling out? So this was Sean McDermott tossing Stefan Diggs out of the building. All right, and and let's not let's also concentrate on that fact. How many people listening to this show have been sent home from work by their boss? I mean think about Good that.
3: Good point, yeah. I mean, think about that. I know it's John Ramos I, all the time, but that's you know he's the outlier.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, it's it's just all of the inappropriate touching with Ramos. It's really stuff, <laughs> now. Oh, no, stop, John. <laughs> <laughs> no the, the the reality the reality is like it. You have to do something real bad to be sent home for the day. Over the course of my six year NFL career, I only ever Dan saw it happen once and it was due to lateness and it was because everybody on the team was warned that there was a snowstorm blowing in and it was Belichick and uh, he took, he, he didn't he didn't allow the, the weather to be an excuse. He said, get a hotel room next to the stadium. I don't care. You got to be here on time. Everybody knows the expectations. There were three guys late. They were all sent home. They were all fined. It was the first and only time in my entire career that I know of anybody being sent home from a Training facilities, so whatever Stephon Diggs did was a big friggin' deal, and so all of this talk about how hey, nothing to see here from Josh Allen, I'm not buying it. Where there's smoke, there's fire, Dan.
3: And I, I would just say this to to add to everything that you said. If there's any player that Sean McDermott talks the most to, it's his quarterback. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you know, so to so for them to not be on the same page of what the messaging is on what happened tells you a little something as well. And I'm sorry. I don't remember Super Bowl winning teams having problems like this in the off season. That was my, my, my thing yesterday. And just of, I don't, I don't remember when the Colts had like, you know, Carson Wentz broke his foot and then there was, there was COVID and, you know, Quentin Nelson got hurt and we had like expectations for the Colts. And then they just started out awful and kind of got back on track and then failed miserably at the end. Like those things that happen in the preseason aren't just a it's a july thing and that's what josh allen is trying to pass it off as no it's not a july thing it's not you know we don't have a you know there's no game tomorrow thing this is this is an issue and i think that they're all legitimate so you're right for him trying to say that it's the media's fault is is absolutely incorrect
0: Hey, thanks for listening to the Cavino & Rich podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 5 to 7 Eastern, 2 to 4 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Cavino & Rich at FoxSportsRadio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Cavino & Rich here, and whether you're headed to a campus to see some college baseball, meet up with old friends, or show off the alma mater to your kids...
2: I didn't know for a couple hours. But when, we, when, uh, when I came back to the hotel, I thought it was no big deal. And the, the security of this person was a big dispute. So. Spoiled.
3: Uh, it's Camino and Rich on Fox <laughs> Sports Radio. That's Rich Orenberger. I'm Dan Byer. My goodness. You know yeah. what? I, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I was really getting sick of Damian Lillard talk. So much so that I, that, like, I, and, and so, like, there is a part of me that loves this whole deal. It's too bad for Victor. I, I know Brittany's got issues. I feel bad for that, but there's no excuse for what, uh, you know, what went on. But what a way to break in uh, NBA con and summer league and everything that's going on in Vegas with this story.
5: Nothing's I, gonna, nothing's I, gonna I, top it. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. I mean, this that's the that's the other sad fact is like what what can possibly happen during summer league play now that is going to top Victor Wembanyama and his security detail getting into some sort of physical scuffle with Britney Spears and have it become very public. Like this is unfortunately now we're only downhill from here. <laughs> like. <laughs> Maybe Christina Aguilera will
3: uh, interrupt Scoot <laughs> Henderson shooting a free throw <laughs> by going, ah! Uh, 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 uh. that, that was always Christina Aguilera's way of rubbing it into Britney Spears. Like, I, I've got the voice. Like, you can't do this. Yeah. Um, all right. I guess, I, I don't know if Joe Vard wants to get in on this this Britney Spears-Victor Wembanyama conversation or not. But uh, Joe Varden of The Athletic covering the NBA. You want in on this, Joe? I mean, this I want to talk of the town. I want to hear the
6: uh, Christina Aguilera impersonation one more time. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's funny. I, like, I am, I am standing, like, maybe 400 feet from the aria. Like, I can see it. I can see the front entrance. Uh, and I just, I don't know what I was doing at that time last night, but I wish I was Roaming the floor of the uh, the casino <laughs> over there, I could tell you that much.
3: <laughs> Look, I know it's. I know NBA Con is is gets underway tomorrow. It is a weekend. The the hype about Wembenyama, is this like is this the story right now, or is Dame still sucking all the air out of the city because of of his status with the Blazers?
6: Oh, gosh. Um, you no, know, I mean, I think this is pretty unique. And, and, like, we can laugh about it, although, you know, dom- domestic violence of any kind isn't funny. But, like, you know, yes, of course, it's Britney Spears of all people. And she has that song about, you know, hit me, baby, me one more time and all of that. Um, I, I do want to rain on the parade a little bit, though, and say already, already, We have something with this sort of like unicorn-esque, don't never see anything before, never see anything like it kind of guy with Victor that that isn't good. Um, I don't know, you know, as a 19-year-old, like where he was going last night or what what was going on that led into this, but he's not with his team. His team was playing in Sacramento. He's already here in in Las Vegas, not playing, uh, well underage. Um, and then he like this thing happens with the security guard. And the security guard is an American um, who should know who Britney Spears is. And, and like I'm sure there'll be some defense about like for the moment and not getting a chance to see who that was, but. I just don't know that 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 is the uh is the um the first thing that you go to there that that moves what what happens you know I've been around so many stars um throughout like doing this and you know been around LeBron forever and um you know know all his security like they don't do that um and so I just it's it's just like is it Victor's fault? No, it's not uh, what happened. But it's just like I, I don't like this um, as his sort of start into his the American tenure of his basketball career.
5: You know, I, it's actually an interesting segue back to what we witnessed this season with Jean Moran. Does the NBA have an issue that they need to start addressing how they help along these young athletes? Because we're talking about teenagers, early 20s who are thrusted into the limelight. I mean, are there parameters in place to teach these guys, you know, uh, maybe some of the skill set that comes with being ultra famous and in the, the public eye constantly?
6: I mean, there is. I mean, they have rookie symposiums. I'm actually, I don't know if, if this year's has transpired yet, um, but they do it. I mean, the NBA certainly does the training. And we have to understand, too, um, the, who Victor's coach is and, like, sort of that organization. It's, a, it's one of those model citizens organizations and, you know, is there, I mean, certainly, you know, Greg Popovich has lived an entire life in the NBA and has been to the top, certainly knows how to teach and conduct himself and, and teach others how to conduct themselves. So that, that is all, that is all fine and well and good. Um, but, oh gosh, just, yeah. Like right away an incident and then on the heels of, this him not playing in Sacramento and then he is going to play a little bit in Vegas, but then he's not going to play in the world cup when he had been saying all along. And I mean, all along that he was going to play for team France. And now all of a sudden he's not. Um, And it's just like, I feel like that is sort of a problem that we have in the NBA. That's a little bit broader. This just this idea of like playing isn't, the most important thing not every night it just isn't it, you you can't make that claim that that it is anymore um and so yeah so it's just like we we and and victor has a chance to erase so much of this tomorrow night um with his actual on court debut um but we're so you know we want that breath, breath of fresh air we want this unicorn this uh you know, just with the skill set and the physical traits that we've never seen before. Like, we want this. We want him to be the next big thing, and so you just hope that this turns very quickly back to him being the basketball prodigy that, you know, obviously the Spurs and the rest of the league think he is.
3: Yeah, Joe Varn joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. It's Kavino and Rich. He's Rich Hornberger. I'm Dan Beyer in for the guys today. Joe covering the NBA for the athletic. And I I, I do want to ask a Damian Lillard question, but it, you're right. It does. It really stinks for Victor Wembanyama to have his face next to Britney Spears and all these articles because he really didn't do it. He didn't do anything wrong. He just was yeah. was there and is now, you know, connected to it. So you're, you're right about that. It, it really does stink. Now Dame's agents coming out and saying it's Miami or bust. If you want an on happy player you know you're gonna and you want to trade for him go right away but he or go right ahead but he wants to go away to miami who does those who do those comments hurt the most is it dame is it the Blazers? is it the teams maybe outside of miami that are trying to acquire him who do, who do those comments affect the most
6: I, yeah i mean i think hurts um i think you would have to say uh, The Blazers and also Damian himself. I I think that's a a mistake. I mean, he has demanded a trade um, first and foremost, and he does not have a no-trade clause. So he is at the whim of the Blazers, Um, and so all he has left is a threat is a is a threat about being unhappy. But we all, you know, remember he signed his extension last summer, so he's under contract for a bunch more years, and. I don't think, um, having spent a little bit of time around Damien uh, during the, I covered the Olympics, um, Team USA for that, and and he was great to be around. Um, I I don't think that Dane has the stomach for what comes next. Um, If he gets traded somewhere, he doesn't want to get traded to. I don't think he has that Jimmy Butler in him, uh, or even a James Harden in him, to make it so uncomfortable for everybody else that they have to move him again. Um, so coming out and saying trade or bust, or, or Miami or bust, well, that puts the Blazers at a disadvantage because, um, you know, the, they, the, their trade partners where maybe they could get a little bit more for him um, now have to think twice about this because do they want that problem? Do they want to risk, you know, trading all those assets for that? And then if Damien's number one goal was to get out of Portland. Well, this makes it harder. I mean, if 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 the Heat do not have what the Blazers feel they need to get to move on from Damian Lillard, and they are struggling coming up with a proper uh, offer with a third team that also involves Miami, then where's he supposed to go? Um, and so, why did you make why did you make the uh, the, the the ask to begin with? I just think. Like I was trying to make this point a little bit earlier with some, um, we're having our big the athletic company summit is today, and so all the NBA writers were all together and we're talking about these kinds of things. And I was making the point that maybe we've never quite seen this before, and and some others had suggested, well, like the Durant trade request was close, uh, but there were at least multiple teams, and then like, well. The, the Kawhi Leonard trade to Toronto was like kind of close because he didn't really want to go there. He wanted to go to L.A. and San Antonio sent him somewhere else. I guess that's true, but I think this is pretty unique where you have a superstar with all these years left on his contract um, and no recourse uh, to force them to trade him to a singular destination. And he's coming out and saying, this is where I want to go, period. Um, it, it will be a fascinating study to see how this plays out with for all the factors that we just discussed.
5: Yeah, you know, I, I mean, but the trend, you have to admit, was heading in this direction the whole time. You just named a couple of examples where it's gotten close, but maybe not quite this far. But, I mean, this is the trend, right? You know, basketball players, the contracts... It's like tissue paper. It doesn't feel like it's meaningful. I mean, if I'm an NBA fan or if I'm a father of a kid who's an NBA fan, I'm not buying jerseys anymore. Like how can you justify buying a superstars jersey when you think about the longevity of some of these superstars in these cities, you know? How does the NBA again, I'm asking you these global concepts like how do they rein in these immature athletes to behave better or understand the, you know, the public eye or, you know, in this case, how do they get it so that you have players who show a little bit more obligation to the contracts that they've signed with the teams they've signed them with?
6: It's it's hard. I mean, this is a hard. It is a hard discussion for a couple reasons. You are right. You are definitely right. That is absolutely the trend. It's, it is not limited to Durant and uh, and Kawhi and Dame. I mean, the the, the names are endless of, of stars who have done this in in some way, shape, or form. And yeah, like the contract has become almost meaningless in terms of like. Taking away the stress and the worry um, that that this superstar is going to remain with the team that he signed. Now, the players have long said, "Well, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Why is it okay for me to sign my contract and then a year later for this team to trade me uh, against my will, but I can't ask for a trade uh, for the same reasons? Like what? Like what, where's the fairness in that?" So there is something to that there is but when it comes to roster building and when it comes to team continuity and all those things it just it, it is a challenge because i mean we are just we are in an era where um the player signs the contract to make sure he gets the maximum amount of money and and that's great but then um if he doesn't want to, to be there anymore, we have seen time and again, uh, that, that, that player's trade request is ultimately honored. Um, in the case of Brooklyn, it took a little while. There was initial, uh, refusal on the, on the part of, of, um, the, the Nets front office and ownership, but ultimately it happened. And I think until we see someone simply say no and, and
3: walk away from it, um, that, that this is going to be the way the NBA is for a while. We're up against it. Joe Varden, I got one quick one. We got about 30 seconds. Rank these players outside of Victor that you're excited to see this week. And I know we saw some of them uh, earlier this week. But Chet Holmgren, Scoot Henderson, Brandon Miller, how would you rank those three in terms of interest in watching in Vegas?
6: Um, That's a good question. I, I, Miller third. Um, okay. And then – like I, I just thought that Holmgren was so promising last year before he got hurt, so I, I think that that's a really good one. And also, and then Scoot. So I guess I'll, I'd say Chet, Scoot, Miller, but
3: it's close. Perfect, Joe Varden. We uh, th- <laughs> thank you <laughs> for your time. Enjoy Vegas, man. We appreciate it. Love talking to you. We'll talk to you All again, right, man. Thanks for having me. Yep.